everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. It's the worst, too iconic. Yeah. Is it? No, you are the coldest, you know. No, come on. I was that playing joint you did. Hijack. Yeah, incredible. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. No, don't, Ali, don't do that one. Oh, yeah, do you see that? You know <laughs> no, we saw it. Allow me with the humble like come You on. are the fucking guy. <laughs> come on, man. I'm just yeah. saying. Interest in the park. <laughs> That's it. I'm thinking just sunk in. This is not a joke, you know. This is legendary stuff. Yes, my people, it's Chunks. Yes, it's your boy, Young Philly. And today we are back with the Chunks and Philly show. Now, this is probably the most exciting guest we've <laughs> yeah. ever had and uh, ever will have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the oldest guest you ever uh, It doesn't matter about that. No, actually, we've had Harry De Niro. No, the most handsome, the most handsome. Yeah, the most, uh, most handsome guest. Is, have you been uh, one of the, 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 the man of the year kind of vibe like? Uh, I haven't been. No, 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 no. I hosted GQ Man of the Year. Yeah, one time. I, did you? I, yeah. yeah I, got, I got it for 2016. Yeah. Um, no, you didn't. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. What, what, who, who does that man of the year stuff? Why did you believe that? Oh, it was Wait, a lie. Was it, was it the sexiest man of the year or something? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, I got... I got. Ah! <laughs> you know you did, though. Man. Yeah. Oh, me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I thought you were talking about you. No, I'm saying that you got sexiest man of the year when? What year yeah, was yeah. it? Uh, I think it was 2017. Yeah, and like I got 2018. That was the year after you. What, sexiest? Yeah. Oh, okay. You got see it? <laughs> no, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll win it one day, man. Uh, but, hey, um, first yes. of all, no, no. But congratulations on the show. I'll watch your show. Thank it's you, man. Very Thank funny, you, man. very informative. Well done, man. And well we, done. I didn't even get to the to the intro, but yeah, this is Idris Alba for people that are listening in the... um. Audio, crazy, crazy, crazy achievement for us to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I want to say thank you so much real. for oh. coming down and uh, coming out to the podcast, man. Oh, thanks for having me. But I just want to talk quickly about first meeting Idris. Now, 
Philly, I don't know if I told you the story, but no. Do you remember or no? Nope. Okay, <laughs> so let me tell you just because I remember. No, no every, shade though. I no, just no, don't no. remember when we first met. <laughs> it was soccer. Aid. Oh, no. oh, we met before that. What? We met before that. We did meet before soccer. Aid. So I'm the idiot then. I think we met with Maya. Was hanging out and one time. We was at a party. Oh, yeah, but that was like I'm talking more just on a, on a conversation. Because oh, okay, the last okay, time, okay, I, when okay, I saw okay, you with Maya, I think it was just kind of like in passing. Yeah, I was like, "Why are you doing okay, UK?" Okay, you know what okay, I mean? Okay. But I think from first time, like actually having dialogue was at Soccer Aid, and it was it was nuts because I was just like flipping out. I've been watching Sky Forever, and it's kind of like he knows who I am, you know? Yeah, which is crazy, crazy, Same, surreal, surreal feeling, genuinely, man. And he actually spoke to me in Somali. You speak yeah. Somali? Well, no, no, two, 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 two. No, no, no one. I'm bits and pieces. Yes, because the missus is yeah, from she's Somali. Yeah, 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 come yeah, on, bro. Yeah, so. But so, don't ask me to speak today. <laughs> Give me a word. Um, only thing I can say is like I love you. So that's a bit. How do you say? How do you say that? Uncle Chakla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Chakla. That's what you say. That's Uncle amazing. You don't know about my brother. Come on, man. Good people. <laughs> is it? Come on, come on man. I didn't know that. But yeah, now, yeah. generally, remember meeting him and I was thinking, this is surreal. I went back to the end and I told all the man, and everyone was like, bro, you crazy? That's nuts. Because obviously, everyone watches The Wire and everyone watched it growing up. So it was kind of like a surreal Ooh. moment for me. Um, but what about you, Philly? Do you I actually don't how know. Did you, how did you feel meeting me? No, I felt good meeting you. Was, um, <laughs> now, you know what's funny? Because you're hilarious and, you know, a big personality. Thank you, man. Watching you. And then uh, I didn't realise, like, how serious you are as a sportsman. Like, he loves he's, it. He's, he's not joking. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Tell he them, all that fun and When it's football, you see? Yeah. Rah, it's training. I was like, rah, I was in bro, I'm running up and down. Like, yeah, I'm really yeah. trying my best, bro. Yeah. That's one thing with you. You're mad fit. Yeah. yeah. You're mad fit. He's a great player. But he's one of those... Players like you know what I mean like, it's like yo yeah. passionate she wants yeah, to win bro. I want to win <laughs> yeah that's what I'm how I'm in Idris I actually don't remember all I know is that I must have seen him somewhere showed him mad love because ever since then we just see each other yeah. and it's just it's just hella respect between I'll, both of us I remember one time we was at a club somewhere and I remember that night yeah like it was yesterday I was like yo he was like yo <laughs> I was like who's that you know you know yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that night I was on a date innit. <laughs> That's no, right. I, I think you even told yeah, me. Like, I enjoyed the date, date so much that I said, Yo, we're going out. I've gone out. I've seen Idris in there. Yeah, With his missus, I said, Yo. <laughs> it was sick still. That's yeah, nuts, I remember nuts. that. You were sitting over there. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the serious stuff. So I've recently seen that you've dropped a song. Mm. Um, and the whole basis of the song was to promote knife crime. Um, I feel like the first question I want to ask based on me seeing that is why did you do that? Um, okay, so firstly, just to say, I, I, it was a camp, it's a campaign. Nice. Don't Stop Your Future is a campaign against knife crime, anti-knife crime. And, and the, the campaign is designed to sort of basically raise as much awareness about this, what I think is a crisis. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people getting hurt, murdered, and getting sent to jail over knife crime, okay? And I just feel like there's been this sort of like blinkered approach to how we approach it as a society. It feels like we just, just like, oh, it's not really my problem. Oh, it's not really my problem. Oh, that's really tragic when we see it on the news, but no one's really doing a collective effort, collective effort to, to sort of stamp it out. So I decided I'm gonna try and use the platform. I've had Don't Stab Your Future for a long time. It's called Don't Stop Your Future, but originally it was called Don't Stab Your Future. And I've had it for about three or four years. And I decided that, you know what, I'm gonna try and make a bigger push in 2024 because I'm just tired of seeing young people just getting murdered, saying young people that really holding onto knives, not because they want to, but because it's protection or because, you know, they, they, they're in a gang and that's their only family 
or they haven't got any sort of like um, any, what's the word? Um, like a mentor to yeah. look up to, to help them navigate through a young life, right? So they carry this knife. It's part of their, their, their protection method. And they either end up dead, hurt badly, or in jail, in jail for yeah. a long time. And it's kind of like pointless, it's senseless. Mm. But why, why was that so, like, I'm so actually interested. Why was that important to you? Like, was it someone maybe close to you that got hurt? Like you were sitting in your house and why did the thought and the feeling come to you? Like, why is it so important for you? Like, you know what it is? Cause I'm a parent. I've got three kids, you know what I mean? Two sons and a, and, and a daughter. And whenever I see parents that have to bury their children because of something so senseless, as a parent, not in as an actor or any activist, just as a parent, my heart bleeds. This is like, boy, you're not supposed to bury your children. They're meant to bury you. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, before anyone has anything to say to me, it's the reason I'm on this so hard is because I have a kid and I want him to live. I want his future to be secure. I don't want him to get into a mad beef because our society has decided to just overlook that you can get a knife on online and just get into it really quickly. So that's my first... Thing. Secondly, I really do feel that when I was younger, I'm like 51 now, yeah? When I was wow, about- Wow, you look amazing. Oh, thank you very you much. You do, you look amazing. Man, man. That's cool, man. Thank you very much. Look amazing. <laughs> no, but when I was younger, like I, I grew up in East London, Hackney, Cannon Town. Both those areas are areas where, you know, the community was either black or brown or poor, right? And a bit of all of it. And in those communities, we've seen crime and violence, obviously. And I had a fork in the road a few times where it's either go this way mm. or end up down that route. Mm. And two things saved me. One, music, right? Being a DJ, my uncle was a DJ. My cousin's dad is there. My late uncle, he was the one that got us into DJing early. He was like, no, nah, you're not going out to play football. Come with me to lift boxes. And I was like, well, I don't want to lift boxes. But I ended up loving it. Yeah. So I would go out with him and DJ. The other fork in the road is when I was sort of about 14 years old, I went to a boys' school in Cannon Town. And Cannon Town at the time was a national front area. National Front was a sort of right-wing organization, just wanted black and brown people out. And in that area, I used to face it all the time, walking down the street, people were like, oi, come here, you this, hey, come here that. You know what I mean? And you're getting chased and you're running for your life and then all oh, you're getting into scuffles. And then times the knife crime wasn't as big as it was, but people carried knives. And that fork in the road for me was my drama teacher saying, you're really good at acting, you know? Why don't you come to the extra classes? I'm like, boy. And you go to a boys school and everyone's playing football outside or going on after school to do something and you're going to drama class. That was a definite, you know, moment for me. Yeah, just, 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 <clears throat> just very quickly, I had a debate once with Harry Pinero mm -hmm. and I've always believed you have a choice. Like you, you specifically said there was two paths you could have gone down, but mm. you chose to make the other choice. Mm. Um, do you, both of you, it's a question for, for you, uh, Chunks and Idris. Do you feel like you have a choice or do you feel like your environment really pushes you to that sort of lifestyle? I think it's a mix of, of both, in my opinion. I feel like um, it's very case by case because there are a lot of situations, for example, like well, a lot of cases that there are, I'm just an example, of course, like there's a there's a kid in his area, his mum's a single mother, she's struggling with the finances, et cetera. And he feels like he has to, this is his only option as a 16 year old man, uh, male, that he has to now do X, Y, and Z. It might be illegal, of course, to provide for his own family. Of course, against when it comes to law, it's mm. not right what he's doing, but on a humane and morality kind of basis, it's kind of like, 
you have more understanding. And because of the fact that we are from the same upbringing as these kind of guys, we have more understanding to it compared to somebody else, you know? So I feel like, of course you have a choice, but then it's also like, you can be pushed into a corner. You know what Sometimes, I mean? Yeah. I don't I don't agree that you should ever be killing anybody. I don't think you ever should be, do that. You know what I mean? There's always a justice <clears throat> system for it. But I feel like in terms of, which is probably coming off the, the angle a bit of knife crime, it's more just like, just crime in general. I do have more of an understanding because of the fact that I, had that choice and I just, cause I had friends that had that, you know yeah. what I mean? That upbringing, but I decided to just stay left because I was scared of my parents, if I'm honest, mm, you know what I mean? Mm, and I was like, I don't want to, mm. I don't want to like, like make them sad basically. Yeah. I never want to see my mom Interesting, cause crying. you mentioned mm. your uncle. Mm. So then where does it, basically what I'm trying to ask lads is where does it stem from? It's that, it's that nature, it's that age old question of nature and nature, you know what I mean? Mm. I think it's like, it's all substantial, it's all circumstantial, it's all case by case, objective. So I will never stand here and think, you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't have done this. Instead, you should have, bro, we don't know what opportunities they had growing up. Also, I feel like the thing about raising awareness, right? It's not just about saying, oh, you've got a choice. It's just making you see that, that where I thought I had this way or that way, I probably had this way and that way and that way. But when you're younger, but you can't see younger, that scope. you just focus yeah. on them. Yeah. So that young man that he's talking about, it's like, yo, I've got to feed my family. My mum's struggling. Boy, if I shank a man, I get that watch. I'm going to give her two bags. Yeah. That isn't the only choice he's got. Mm. But at the junction that he is, from his limited perspective, like I said, blinkers, yes. that's all he can see. Yeah. And I understand that. You know what I mean? Especially when you come from a pure, poor community. You know what I mean? Where... You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you just haven't got that abundance of choices coming your way. Mm. It's not like people are coming up to you and be like, hey, son, do you want a job? I'll give you. No, it's not like yeah, that. And the social you know media has I mean? even so, made it even worse. Yeah, now and social people, media yeah, is, yeah. Because people have to live up to some certain expectation and standard that's not realistic. You know what I mean? Everybody's got designers and watches and online and then all their rappers, their favorite rappers talking about Lamborghinis, et cetera. And it's kind of mm. like, well, I want that. And I want it now, you know mm. what I mean? So it just gives them unnecessary pressure. And I feel like, of course, social media's only gotten bigger. So I feel like that as a reason maybe as to why the knife crime has even gone bigger. Cause we were speaking off camera quickly and, and, and Philly mentioned the fact that he thought that it was going down. Cause obviously- Yeah, I thought not, it was worse Yeah, you, you yeah. said, oh, it's probably, it was worse growing up. And statistically I could be incorrect, but maybe you could provide some insight, but mm -hmm. I feel like it's gone worse uh, as, as, as the time's gone on. And maybe you wouldn't obviously be aware of it because it's not your surroundings yeah, not anymore. Enough, yeah. And we're, we're now 27, 28, you know what I mean? 51 looking lovely. Wow, so wow. it's like, that's, that's probably the reason as to why we feel like it's not as, there. Yeah, you know so I mean? yeah, your perspective changes. So to, to your point, like knife crime has always seen waves ups and downs, okay? And we're in a down, as in there's more happening oh. right now. And it's spreading across the nation where London had a, a fever pitch at one point. Now the fever pitch is in the Midlands. Yo, I and thought it was just London that was no, nice. No. And that's a big misconception. I think the media has a lot to do with this is that it is always described as a London problem. And furthermore, it's always described as a black and brown problem. And that is definitely wrong because yeah. that's not the, what the stats are telling us. Yeah, the stats yeah, yeah. are saying it is a much wider nationwide issue. It is affecting all ethnicities, not just black and brown. And the point is that really like it's driving home is that the areas where funding in those areas for youth services have been declined, though we're seeing a spike in right in crime. Of course, you know? it's only gonna, it's, of course that's going to happen. Where where are these youths getting a nice from though? No, bro. So listen, buying them. I'm saying in general, buying them from where? 
Bro, there's, there's, there's no restrictions. Well, no, no tell a lie, because I could buy a knife on Amazon now, There's loopholes in the system. Like, for example, now, obviously back in the days when we were 13, 14, I've been stabbed when I was when I was 13. I got stabbed in my knee. I was in and around the wrong crowd of people. And my mom and dad always used to tell me to avoid chilling with these people. And it was kind of like, well, they're my friends. They're my, they're my brothers, et cetera. And it's kind of like then being in and amongst it and then being stabbed, thinking, oh, I don't ever want to feel this pain again. Yeah. I, I remember seeing... Uh, my mum's reaction, like, brother, it was so emotional. Like, just seeing her burst into tears. And whereas all my brothers and my guys weren't there, you know? So it's kind of like, and who's going to be there for you? Is your mum and dad mm. and your sisters and mm. brothers that are there crying for you and waiting for the police to come in the ambulance? So it's kind of like putting it into perspective. I feel like it sounds crazy, but I was lucky to have that experience because it made me, you know what I mean, get away from that. So mm. I feel like it wasn't life threatening. Of course, it was just my knee, but it was like something that made me realize if I now stay on this path, it could really go left for me. But I feel like, like I said, with the with the knife stuff, there's loopholes in the system because when we were younger, there was just like maybe like a three, four inch blade and stuff. Now there's things called zombie knives, ZKs. Mm -hmm. I'm sure mm -hmm. you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the zombie knives yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm like, The big campaign for me is to try and get the zombie knives, yeah. the machetes, the, uh, the samurais basically banned. So, you know, there's a whole distribution chain as how you can get them. Someone has got a warehouse somewhere where they're sitting there. Someone puts an order on the web someone picks it up in a delivery car or the Royal Mail and delivers it to someone, all right? Royal and that whole, dis that whole chain, I need to disrupt it because I feel like, you know, it, we can't stop gang violence. We're never going to understand it. The government's never going to understand that. The police are never going to understand that. But the actual delivering of knives, that's a commerce. That's yeah. a black and white commerce. And I feel like, all right, symbolically, if the... This country says, listen, we have no tolerance for these <coughs> knives because there's no place for them. It's not like man's is gardening. You know what I mean? Like, why do you have a samurai? You're not, you're not, you're not in martial arts. <laughs> a zombie knife, you've seen these things. Yeah, yeah bro, yeah, they're not yeah. And obviously, listen, like I say, you know, I'm not here to preach. My thing is, is we've got to raise awareness. There's a you somewhere with a zombie knife that's bigger than his leg. Yeah. And he's carrying it because of power or protection. Power to be like, yo, I'm the man. No one's taking it from me, all right? Or, bro, what if they get me and I haven't got nothing on me? Yeah. So, and I want to, and I want to touch on that because I feel like it's very easy to be sat here and saying to these kids, of course, like you need to drop the knife, drop the weapons, etc. But I feel like I'm sure you've seen that video clip that went viral recently about mm. the kid that was in a shop, chicken shop. If you don't understand, I'll show you after. Yeah. He was in a chicken shop. Uh, he was with, I think, somebody and. Um, He's just there chilling and you see that on the camera, there's two guys walking in the chicken shop with a knife, right? He's now turned around and then he's startled because he's seen them coming inside the shop with a knife. They've got- So, these, so he's just ordering a munch. He's ordering two a munch. Two, yeah. yeah, two guys have walked in. He's now turned around and seen the guys. They've got these ZK big zombie knife flipping machetes and then he's drawn his one out. So as he's drawn his one out, they've now been startled by the fact that they've got these knives as well. So it's just like kind of standstill. They had these tools. Uh, the They're just throwing at each other. And then these two have decided to run away. That guy, that kid now in the shop, if he didn't have a knife on him, let's be honest, like it would have probably been morbid and he would have died. You know what I mean? Or been stabbed at been least. Bad. It would have been bad. So it's kind of like, how are you now going to tell this kid that saved himself by having a knife? Yeah. Oh, drop your weapon. So then what it's do like, we do, bro? So hence reason, that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm, it's a question, of course. Yeah. And there's no answers to it because at the end of the day, government don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, like you said yourself about the fact that there's been a, uh, an increase in crime when you've decreased the, the community centers. And when I was growing up, I had community centers. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of kids were the reason, the reason they don't, they're not on the road life now is because of the fact that we could play ping pong, we could play football. There was like people that were older than us in their 30s and 40s telling us not to do this because they've been to prison. And generally that actually helped us a lot, in my mm. opinion, it definitely helped me as well. But it's kind of like, 
But now they're deciding to lower the funding and what do you, th- what do you expect to happen? What choices like, what, they got? What, exactly. you, what are they going to do? Do you know exactly. what I mean? You know, you got these youths and they, if a youth centre, they got two adults that run that youth centre and that's an adult that can talk to them on a level. Not a parent, not a teacher, but someone that's like, yeah, yeah, come in my youth. Oh, you got beef with him, man. Just squash that. Don't worry about that. Blah, blah, blah. And they end up being friends. Yeah. yeah. Give you a perspective. That person right there, that salary that you're giving that person to be there 24 hours to these kids is worth its weight in gold because these kids need the mental. So if you cut the services, look, it's not the question is like, oh, well, our, our council haven't got money for this, that, and the other, so we have to make cuts somewhere. Well, if you cut those services, then you're literally perpetuating a, a bigger problem because <clears throat> you're also spending money on the police when they come and, and deal with a stabbing, a paramedic, you're spending on a whole hospital bed, you're spending, the whole gamut costs more money than the salary of two youth workers. Wow, and yeah, a, that's and deep. A, yeah, and yeah, 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 even look at it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but for real, yeah, it's no, like, yeah. like that. Because I've heard that argument, oh, well, there's a lot of cuts, where are we supposed to get the money from? Well, just think about, can you afford not to? Can you afford not to? Because if crime's going up and it costs you this much money for crime prevention, police, all the services that taxpayers pay, and you did the math, if you just put a bit more money in the youth services, you might save that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And save lives at the end. Save lives. I, mean, I feel like the, the, <clears throat> the main problem as well for me would be the fact that it's so easy to get a knife. Yeah. That's the main issue. It's like I ordered one off Amazon recently, right? Because obviously I want to start to get into my like cooking bag, right? So I've ordered like these big knives, of course, whatever. And all Amazon said to me was, are you, uh, because my, oh my, you know, yeah. they said, what's your age? I said, I'm 27. All right, thank, thank you, mate. Enough. That's and they it. just gave it to me, Done. bro. Mm. It's like, I, of course, it's, I know what I'm going to do with a knife. You know, I'm making food, brother. But it's kind of like, it's very unsettling that I could just get a knife that easy. Because imagine somebody that, that's 16, 17, and they're thinking, I'm going to order a knife of Amazon. And it just comes to them, you know? Yeah. You can just fake an age. It's like, there needs to be restrictions. Kitchen knives are one thing, but the zombie knives are another thing. And, and the thing is, I think the tech companies have to also sit at the table about how they can help intervene. Because if I say the word knife now in front of my phone, guaranteed somewhere in so, my timeline, I'm going to see a knife, yeah, 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 something's yeah, going to yeah, happen, yeah, a knife crime's going to yeah, come up. That, happens. that is an algorithm that's not helping the situation. To your point earlier about social media, like uh, amplifying the situation, yeah. it's like... You can get advertised on your phone a knife. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. And if you're 12 and your mum and dad got your iPhone 15 for Christmas, that's your portal to it straight away. Yeah. How do I? Oh man, that man tried for me. I'm gonna try and get this knife. Obviously, tech companies could help that, and I think the government need to apply pressure on the tech companies, on the manufacturers, on the whole loophole, and be like, all right, can't get these into the. Uh, you know, if it's a zombie knife, we don't need it in this country. Mm-hmm. When they had those dogs. I think it was like the XL bully dog. Yes. They're banned now, no? Yeah. I see how quick they did that. Banned it in six months. Yeah. Oh, I get you, man. As in, as in, as in, no, 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 I get the point. point. You lot are making, I get the point. Exactly. You, because, I'm controversial, I I don't want to be cancelled, but the truth is, this is an animal pet loving country. Okay. Our, um, you know, we're very, uh, you know, conscious of animals and pets and dogs. You know what I'm saying? It's like, in television and film, if there's a dog that dies, most people switch off quick. They're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not interested in that, right? That's how conscious we are. We love our animals. And that's why I suspect that when the bully dog came over and it was biting people and biting children and da-da-da-da-da, it was right at the consciousness of, uh, of, of the parliament. The MPs got it through very quickly. When it comes to knife crime, 
It's kind of like, mm, it's a community problem. Mm, it's a black problem. Oh, it's a poor problem. It's like, it's not mm. at the consciousness where people are going, okay, okay, let's just stop this now. Because mm. it can be done yeah. quickly. I was, yeah, I was, I was going to just say that. It just goes to show, isn't it? If they really wanted to do something about it. I genuinely believe, and now this is my standpoint on it, like genuinely, right? And this is my opinion at the end of the day. Like you can, you can get angry at me for what we want. Like I genuinely believe that it is an issue that they can resolve or not necessarily resolve, but definitely improve on. And improve. Yeah. But I'm just feel like they're deciding, there's no, there's no uh, pros to that for them. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what's that going to involve. It's going to involve looking after the poorer communities. Of course, with the government we have in place right now, their their target audience isn't the poorer communities because we wouldn't have voted for them in the first place. You know what I mean? But I feel like at the end of the day, like let's be honest, that's the main issue about it. I feel like with the governments, it's like they don't really care about this issue, and they have issues with the with the XL bully dogs, which just shows you with six months in and out. They've changed the whole law. You know mm. what I mean? So it's kind of mm. like, if you really wanted to, you can make it harder, mm. but you're mm. deciding not to. So I feel like that's where we need to approach. And mm. number one, that's the number one place. Number two would be the kids. Now, what would your opinion be on the best um, resolution in terms of making sure that these kids are putting down their knives? Listening to them. Come on. What? Listening to them. When do we get, you know, every radio station, every TV show is an adult. Mm-hmm. Where do you get in the young youths having these conversations? I mean, big up to my brothers. No, know? no, we're, we're old now. Where, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but our audience, where, is, he's right, yeah, you know, yeah. he's right. Where still. are the forums where young people can discuss this? Because, you know what I mean? Like, people think kids are kids are kids. They're not. Once you're past 12, you're practically a young yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah. Start to in be this clued day up. and yeah, age, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And if you go to prison, you're only getting this much grace before you are treated like an adult yep. in prison. So that area of youth voice, where are we hearing it? Mm. Why is there no young people in parliament, in um, uh, in the MP's office, sitting down with the mayor, discussing the real issues? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if not the young people, the parents of the young people, because the young parents of victims are the most clued up on this subject. I'm a voice, I'm an activist, I'm a flag bearer, but I'm not an expert. When I sat down with the parents, the mothers especially, because they have to trace back what happened to their child to the minute detail. Dude, you, we need to listen to these people. I say we need to listen to young people more, have more podcasts of like, all right, talk to us about the beef. What is it about? Let's understand it. Because the more we can understand what's going on, the better we can help them or intervene. In and, even, and even what we're doing now, I know it's going to help so many people. Like there's these, um, I like going to, to clubs. And I remember I left this club once and I was, there was loads of like Somali kids outside the club. And um, all of my boys felt uneasy, but mm. I'm, I'm a man that stands on my own too. You know what I'm saying? No one doesn't really make me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So I've gone over to one of the Somali youths and I've gone, why are you man out here? And he's looked at my watch. So he was just basically implying that they're out here to rob people. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. I took the youth aside. I all think I made him sit in my car. I can't remember even how it went, but I'm talking to the guy now and I've got through to him so much to the point that I've got him on Snapchat. Do you know what I mean? He's messaged me like a week later and I'm going on, what's, I'm, I've messaged him and I've gone like, what's going on, bro? Like, remember what I said to you, none of this is worth it. Like the risk is not bigger than the reward. You get what I'm saying? Like what, what can happen to you from what you're going to get out of that little eight bag kettle is not worth it. So I feel like what you're doing is amazing. I feel like what we're doing now, even having this conversation on this podcast, yeah. it's going to touch people. So I feel like another way for us to improve on it is people within our position of power to do stuff about it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like we're doing our little two pence here by just even alone having this convo, 
Ian Wright's done something. He bought a cage on the estate that he grew up in. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So, I feel, and I feel like it's, it's affected everybody. Like, I, I feel like, for example, I, I know something that's been affected by knife crime. I have myself. Have you, I'm sure you've probably know somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, someone, it just I know someone the same for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know I mean, so it's like very close to home. So yeah. I feel like it's something that everybody's experienced or heard of. And it's like one of my best friends has been stabbed. You know, my friend yeah. I'm talking about. So it's kind of like, it happens so often, but I think it's just kind of swept under the rug, which is kind of crazy. Mm. But I had a question for you, of course, because um, I'm not sure that you're even aware of the, of the quote unquote for oh, the what? audio listeners. Uh, no, <clears throat> I'm okay. Uh, the quote unquote controversy regarding you being the flag bearer in itself. Because um, obviously Idris Elba, everybody knows him for all his, the, the acting that you've done, obviously, as well as your music. But I feel like maybe in the roles that you play, majority of them have obviously could be, quote unquote again violent and angry and etc so it's kind of like why do you feel like you are the the right spokesperson and why uh, you know what i mean why do you mm. feel like people should listen to you because well you're just only helping um mm. the, the people's mm. mindsets you know what i'm trying to say i mean i feel like look you know films are films are films film and violence in film you know what i mean does to some degree glorify violence to some degree but you, you you're sitting in a film knowing that it's fake it's fiction you know it's fake you know that that is an actor that is not real life you know, you know, it's kind of like, uh, let's say superheroes is probably the biggest genre currently, right? It makes the most money, but you don't see people running around with capes, you know, or, or jumping off thingy. You know what I mean? You know, Fez. and audiences know that there is a, there's a, rela there's a reality that I can take with me and there's definitely some I can't. That said, I'm not here justifying violence, but films are escapism. It's exactly it is. It is very different from a you in a community who's nervous about going out in his own community. It's very, very different, okay? A guy that's got a knife in his, his pocket just to go to the chicken shop is very different from a character in a shit in a film. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't see the correlation. Yeah, I no, neither like do I. Anyone that wants to use that as some sort of like, well, why should they listen to me? Only reason I should listen to me is because I care enough and I'm a parent. And I've got a soapbox. I don't feel that I am a, a, a knife crime expert i'm yeah, not here course, to yeah. be the the flag bearer so to speak i just feel like this is a society problem that we need to address if i wasn't an actor i'd still have the same voice about it if i wasn't in films you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think that you know i mean i've seen some of the reports is like oh this is a bit hypocritical bro that's lazy journalism to me I mean, mm -hmm. come on. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna say something to me say something about my campaign don't ask me about my movies because you and I both know that is fake. It's mm. fiction. It's got nothing to do with a kid on an estate right now that's holding a shank and wondering, boy, is he going to get hurt today? That is more about he's not safe in his community. He doesn't feel like the police have got his back. He's not sure because he's watching the government not really handle it mm. in the same way that he would like to be protected. He knows that he's got to protect himself. What's that got to do with movies? Presser just Egypt's though. What you think big Idris Elba needs to do this, bro? Like that's the way I would look at you. See, if I worked at the Daily Mail and I'm like, right, Idris was all over like being a voice for for the youth for knife campaigns. I'd be like, wow, this must, the, the man must really care. Yeah, good, like, for you to create that sell, story. Did you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, know, good, good news don't sell, let's be honest. Like gossiping, no, gossip it, and propaganda yeah. has been a thing of how many years? So it's like, mm. it's, it's, it's the age old thing. So. But the way I see it is this, is that if they if if that article That's just about, that though, no, but if that article <laughs> is about, at least someone's reading it going, huh, he's done about knife crime. Hmm, they got an opinion about it where they might not have even had an opinion about it. You know what they say, all press it, not, not yeah, all good all publicity, publicity is good yeah, publicity. Yeah, yeah, publicity. In my opinion, if that's the story that you want to run with, great, but at least get people talking about knife crime. 
Back like, you, like, you know, the it. oldest in my area when I was like the 12s, the 11s, the 10, 13, 14, however old I was, like the oldest in my area would, would be smoking their weed and watching us play football and the youngers and that. But they'll tell us, yo, stay off the roads. Look mm, on, man. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like, they're in and amongst it. They are, they have their ops and et cetera, but they're telling me and my friends, make sure you don't do this. This isn't cool, you know? And I really respect that because of the fact that they could yeah. glorify and say, work for me and I'll mm. give you 50 pounds. 50 pounds to me at 10 years old was a million pounds. Yeah, I'll do anything for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they're the ones saying to me, even if I like, I remember a couple of my friends would go up to me and be like, yo, I want to make money quickly. They're like, Stay off that, man. You're not your good you, man. You got, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're like, 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 That's mentorship, man. Mental. That's what yeah, community. Real, you know, without like, even community. realizing you was being mentored, you yeah. know? Oh, bro, if right now that man said to him, yes, I will let you in, all of a sudden he give, makes him sell this and then he loses that and now you owe him money. And then you're 14, 15, 16 and you're just getting older. And then you're in post-Cold Wars and now all of a sudden you're carrying a knife. It's like, this is where it all starts at the end of the day. And of course, it's like not having that mentorship or let's say you're a young, like you're, your brothers or your dad and it's just been in and amongst the judiciary system where you're just nonstop being in prison. Mm. How are you gonna come out of that cycle, bro? It's mentors. And this is why, again, I'm gonna relay back on the point that they need to reinstall these, reinstall these funds where they're making these community centers. And that's what helped yeah, me. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say like, when you say like playing football on the street and that, it's like, I don't even see kids doing that no more. No, bro. Mm. Like, no. <laughs> the, the flipping cage I used to play at is empty. Exactly. Yeah, I drive, can I wanna go to my mum's yard? I'm driving past and I'm seeing the cage empty. In my head, I'm thinking, that what? was rammed. Ram. 10 years ago, like yeah. 15 years ago, I was in there every day with a man from flipping 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. until it went dark. And then my mom would run outside and say, come back yeah, in. Come back in. Like, bro, these were the dates. Like, now everybody's just like, yard. Like, I got my, my nephew, I told you, he was three years old and he could type in my password of my iPhone and then go on YouTube and write something on YouTube. I'm thinking, when mm. did they do this? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they're too advanced, but I feel like that's what ruins. Their, their brain, in my yeah. opinion, of course. Even in schools, it could start from schools. Because I remember in school, I had a um, big up Paul, man. There was a guy called Paul and he used to manage a Sunday league team as well. But they hired him in the school to be that mentor for the bad youths. You get what I'm saying? Mm. All the bad all the, all the bad youths would go and see Paul if they had that as well. Mr. JJ, yeah. So I feel, well. like, I feel like it starts from school because that's where you spend the majority of your time. Do you get what I'm saying? So I feel like, again, I agree with that. again I agree funds, with that, innit? I feel it's like, all funds though, innit? You know, like when the government's examining... Like, how do we do that then? How do we put more money into youth centers? Definitely look at the schools as a fulcrum. Because, you know, like you said, like, I remember, you know, I mean, an older actor, his name's Paul Barber. He came, he was in the Full Monty, one of those old oh, films. Well, yeah. He came to my drama school. He's mixed race. And he was the first sort of black actor that I sort of was like, rah, this is crazy. And he yeah. sat down in the drama too and he was talking about, you know, this is what my career's like, blah, blah, blah. And he single-handedly influenced me to be like, yeah, I can do this. Because I could see someone that was actually doing it. Looked, well, it's different, but it looked yeah, like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was in the classroom talking about yeah, it. Yeah. He was big on the TV them time there. Those mentors, man, we can't overlook them. We mm. can't overlook them. We need the government to say, right, I'd well, like maybe- to do that. No, I, I feel like you touched on a great point, which is where do kids spend majority of their time as, as kids, like from 11 to 17 or 18 now, they're changing school. the laws. School. So I feel like that is a very good, I didn't even think about that. Like, hey, I would like to go into a school, you know? And just talk to the, yeah. the kids. Hey, you would shut it down. If you did a school tour. Yeah. And people would be like, right, what was that? What, Philly came to the yeah, school? Yeah, he came yeah, for yeah, one yeah. hour. And all he did, in fact, you should do your podcast live from the schools one day. That would so be cool. Yeah, that's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Just be talk good, about man. it. Because it will change one of those. I, I, at least if we're doing 100%. that. You know, that's what I mean, you like, said. When right, I yeah, I said, I said for me, it's always been a thing where it's, it's the cliche of if we change at least one person's mindset. But You'll we really mean that. that. Like it's a thing where 
that that person that his family can now still have him in his life and yeah. whereas if we didn't have that talk imagine that he wasn't there do you know what i mean That's so it's very like true. trying to avoid i don't know you still got to start small because i feel like you had that point of being ten, the 10 year olds now is what you're yeah. concerned for because yeah. of course when they turn 17 and 18 Hopefully exactly. that's the thing that changes there. Yeah, I mean, like this is a, it's, it's a mar- it's a marathon, not a, a, a sprint, right? It's gonna take time. So I'm trying to, you know, what I mean, like there's a 10, 11 year old right now that's like literally got that fork in the road. He sees Idris Elba on some video rapping about knife crime, and he's about to get one. He might go raw. Then before you know it, he's down a rabbit hole looking at stories about kids that have gone to jail how ugly it is in, in jail for kids. And he's going, you know what? Maybe I won't it's do long, that. Yeah. Maybe I'll go and play in a cage and play football for half a day. If I, if I win one of those kids, that's the point here. I God willing, mm. this, we've had an impact on a young person watching this right now, man. That would be amazing. Well, yeah. I, one thing I want to ask you is, portraying these characters, how do you get into that, into that role? Like, is there any type of motivation from your upbringing or like seeing people around you? Is, like, is it like, how do you get into that bag? Um, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, playing Stringer Bell especially, right, yeah. is a drug dealer and someone that was trying to get off the streets. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in Dalston, which is super trendy, but back then, Dalston weren't trendy. It was a front mm. line, you know what I mean? Where people come and got their weed, got their little thing or whatever. But the drug dealers them times there were business people. They weren't, you know what I mean? They were nice guys. It's like, oh. Well, Leroy, you good, man? Mm. It wasn't like, yo, Shady and da-da-da-da-da. Mm. These drug dealers had charisma and they were always side hustling this, this little bag doing something else. You know, a man had a garage or, you know what I mean? He was a DJ, but he was doing this. So my influence on Stringer Bell was what I grew up with, you know what I mean? Like, drug dealers were smooth. They were nice people. They were trying to get out of the hood. They were always, like, making sure the kids didn't follow them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, you know what I mean? I, I remember... Being in Baltimore, I was like, this is like 22 years ago, and coming around and thinking, wow, you know, we all see Nino Brown from New Jack City at yeah, yeah, that yeah. time, oh, there, yeah. all those type of drug dealers. And I was like, now nah, I want to try and approach this differently. I want to try and approach this like the, the suits and smile gangsters that I, I grew up in in London. And that's where it came from. But, but actually, the real Stringer Belt is a real gentleman who, um, you know, he's an actual businessman and he was part of that time period in Baltimore, DC where they were pushing a lot of weight. And he was a businessman. He got out mm-hmm. and he's, he's not dead. He got out, did his thing. But you know what I mean? I had a real person as an influence as well, but it just reminded me of my youth. Like the people in, in East London that were just different. I mean, driving around in Beamers and just being nice people. They're mm-hmm. not, they weren't gangsters, if you got know what I mean. Just wanted their money. What, mm-hmm. So for you, what are the next, like what are the first steps in order to try and like, minimize the numbers and try to get these knives off these streets because and like what are you going to tell people right now that there's somebody at home of course there's loads of kids at home that know their ops that know the people they have beef with Mm. therefore they don't want the problem i have is the people that just carry a knife knowing that nobody has a problem with them like just ifs and what's and maybes you know that's the problem that's that's, come on now that's you, you need to be smarter than that but i feel like People like that kid from the video, which knows he has people that want to stab him constantly. How are you now going to tell him to drop that knife? That's very important for me. I know. I mean, I, very difficult. I, I, I really feel like, first of all, you know, the stages on me is for government inf- intervention to just take knives off out of the commerce. So when no one's making money, no one's selling, no one's buying them. Okay. Let's just deal with that problem first. Okay. The layered problem, secondly, of communities and how we... How we intervene with young people, for me, 
Young people need to understand what the consequences of their actions might be. You get me? Like if you if you end up on a in the back of an ambulance with a stab wound and you die and you're dying bleeding out because someone left you on the pavement for a long time and didn't know what to do, you need to think about that while you're carrying this knife. Also, if you're someone that just drooks someone, you're running for your life. At some point, it will catch up with you, and when it does, that life in prison is not fun. Okay, it's a long stretch, and it's just not fun for you. You know mm. what I mean? Like, just remember, whatever beef's going on in your community, right? Do you remember who you had beef with when you were twelve? Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I and get it. Yeah, if I you're fifteen, and then imagine what you're going to be at twenty-five years old, having done a ten stretch. All right, or you're dead. Like if you if you if you put yourself in a perspective and be like, is it really worth it? It's is actually it not really worth it, man. worth it. That's the point that I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to tell you, L, squash the beef, you know, gangs and gangs, da da da. I get it. You know what I mean? Mm. People are in communities where they feel they have to have it as yeah, protection. Yeah. But I just want you to think about, yo, what if I get caught with it? What if I get hurt? What's gonna happen to my family? What's gonna happen to my mum, my my sisters, my brothers, and everyone? Okay? What's gonna happen to my education and my future? Like it's dead. Now I'm I'm hopingly um, I haven't mentioned this, but I'm gonna see some people in prison and have a conversation about what it is like for them now and what might they have done differently. Because I think that's gonna help me understand, understand how to articulate, okay, what I think young people should be thinking about. Mm. And as I sit here, I feel like I just wish someone had told a young man, listen, bruh. Go this way, don't go that way. Because if you go that way, you're going to be sitting in that jail cell for 17 hours of your day for a good amount of time. And that is no life. And I just wish that, and I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you need to do this or do that. I just want to shed light on the opportunities or the opportunities good. for change. You know what I mean? And, and have you been on the grounds in terms of like removing knives from particular areas and have you done this type of stuff? Or? Big up to Farron. Farron, who's um, it's got Faz Amnesty, who's a, a young man that gets like, rid of the knives. And yeah, I know. Literally I know. goes yeah. to neighborhoods, picks up knives of people that want to get rid of them. I went on a run with him one time. It was in North London. And it was, oh man, I got so much respect for Farron. He does not have to do it. He does not get funding from the government. And anytime he goes to the police with these knives, he gets questioned about it. Like, rah, 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 where'd you get these? Da, 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 da. Like, he's putting himself on the line. You know oh what my I mean? God. But big up to him. No, um, big up to him. When, when I went, it was interesting because well, I didn't meet the person because they didn't want to meet me. They knew I was there. It was like, ah, oh, big up, it just, well, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be there. Da, 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 da. So I stayed away. But Farron came back and he was like, yo, man, the guy is just scared. He just wants to get rid of it. He just want, he doesn't want, he doesn't want it in his life. And he was a little bit older now. So he's just like, man, yeah, this is going to get me into trouble. Yeah. And he doesn't man, know what to do with it. Man. He doesn't know what to do with the knife. <clears throat> That's the other thing. He's like, oh, I've got it now. I bought it. I'm hiding it in my bedroom. I'm hiding it somewhere. What do I do? And Faz says, listen, I'll take that burden from you, no questions asked, and get rid of it. And so, like, big up to Faz for doing that, man. Like, Farron's, you know, I just think that like, we just need more mentorship, more, like, you people talking about this stuff. You know what I mean? We're not going to solve it overnight. No, no. But the more people that get together and be like, all right, what if the schools worked with the police a little bit more and the health services worked with youth services a little bit more? Because someone in a hospital, like a paramedic who pick, picks up a young kid, he's the first person that person is looking at him like, yo, save my life, save my life. They end up talking to that person. They end up talking to that paramedic. That paramedic will be like, all right, cool. I've understood what 
he was going through, he was very, very scared. If he had done this and this and this, and he tells the youth services that, or tells the schools that, then we might be able to sort of like eradicate the problem yeah, before. Works, Everyone's talking to each other. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of it's kind of like, you know, when you're you got a football team, you know what I mean? You know that the physio guys are definitely talking to the kit guys. Of course. Why are they talking to them? Because yo, this geezer's legs not working properly, so make sure his kit's got the proper yeah, things yeah, on. Well, it's that kind of connectivity yeah. that we need to approach this. Yeah, because you know? we've got to have that. Um and of course, like you said, you've been doing this for was it three to four years? Was yeah. It? Don't stab, don't don't stop your future has been yeah. around for about four years. So why is it that 2024 now it's like reignited that fire in you and why is it now the loudest it's ever been like um well i think now more than ever, just because there's just more bloodshed there's more people more young people going to jail more young people um carrying knives and getting into trouble and i've been planning this campaign to like boost it from october 23 and i was going to do it right before christmas but i thought to myself you know what the world is so grim right now with the wars yeah, that are going on, there's so yeah. much grim. I thought, you know what? I'm going to start it in 24 where everyone's got a focus, new energy and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is that I just feel like our government needs to make a step up. It's like, not just a, uh, let's talk about it a bit more. No, 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 no. Make mm -hmm. us do something for the country so that young people will be like, all right, we do care over here. You know, that's why. Mm. Bang it, man. Yeah, it's good. Glad we did this, man. I'm glad we've had this... Um this conversation, for real. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys got me on here, man. I'm, I know it's a bit serious. No, it's nah, good, man. Like, it's good. Day, day, like, we can't just live life every day thinking that everything's Can't all, be oblivious you know to it, I mean, man. Oblivious nah. to it. And I feel like, like I said, some, it's something that's affected me when I was a kid. And I've, I've genuinely got like a fear of, of knives now. Like I can't even, if somebody's got a knife in front of me, like I don't want them to, if they like try to wave in front, like I don't like all of that. Like yeah, I genuinely yeah, have yeah. a problem with seeing knives. And yeah. even the way I handle it, like I'm much more careful because I know the damage it can do like, that went through my skin like like it was butter, bro. Yeah, it was yeah. so quick. So yeah, is it is until today the worst pain I've ever had in my life. So I just don't want that for any of these kids, man. People that are 12, 13, they shouldn't be experiencing this type of stuff. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like if you are that kid that's confused and and um, I, I don't understand where you stand in your community, it's just kind of like just know that the knife isn't the way forward. And I feel like all these kids don't actually think about the consequences. They think I can be outside and nobody will catch me because I have a knife. Like, mm. oh, why would they get me? It's like, mm. it's gonna happen. Yeah, you mm. will get caught, And they've man. made it mm. even harder for you to carry a knife because now they've made it, like the, the sanctions even worse, right? Because I remember mm. before it was like sometimes six months or now they're talking years in prison just for having a knife. So mm. it's just, it's not worth it. In it's all really honesty, it's really it. not worth it, man. But that's not even really eradicating a problem. This harder sentencing doesn't necessarily no, of course eradicate not. Of course not, problem. because they're doing everything around like the the main issue, which is actually trying to just attack it heads on yeah. and realize what it is that's happening. And we've already mentioned yeah. those points throughout the podcast. But I feel like it's just kind of like all the so there's much better ways that you can handle it, man. Mm. And I feel like maybe there is they they do know what to do, but they just decided not to do it. Maybe. I don't think I don't they know. do. I think that's why having these dialogues from community leaders, right? And I say community because you know I feel part of the community, whether you know, you know what I mean, like I'm black, brown, or whatever. I feel part of the community. I I speak to a young demographic, and I don't think the government actually knows what to do. And that's fair enough because yeah, it's a complex fair. thing. It's a complex team. I feel like we've got to get together and sort of help them understand it a bit better. We need to, the police to understand it a wow. bit better. You yeah, know I, 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 
I understand where they're coming from for that point, but I also feel like they know more than they're letting off, in my opinion. Mm. I feel like if you if the, the government know that this isn't the best they can do because it shouldn't just be going up. Like I understand if there's a now a small progression of it going, like a regression, sorry, of it going down and oh, we can take that. I understand, you know what I mean? We understand that everything's not done overnight, but don't tell me it's going up and you still don't know what to do. Like, come on, man, you're taking a piss. Like, you, you know what to do when it's any other things, but now when it comes to people dying, like, you're kind of like, mm, we don't know. Mm. Like, come on, bro. Like, we're, we're smarter mm. than that. You know what I mean? Mm. But, nah, generally, I do appreciate you coming along and um, speaking about these like, issues because there's things that we do need to highlight. And I feel like even us, like, it's opened my eyes to it because it's like, like I said, I've been affected by this and just now thinking back at it, I'm thinking, why did I ever mention it even more, you know? So mm, it's something that mm. I would love to do. I'm sure Philly, like you said, you've yeah. highlighted, you'd love to do. Um, maybe school's tour. School, school's man. Tour. Yeah. School's tour. Like, no, I think it's just amazing, not even that you just come on here and talk about it, that you care so much. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? I feel like it's so important for um, not just you, not just us, but for loads of people in our position that come from our communities to care more. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, man. Because um, mm. I've always used this, this as an example, like... You all get caught in the end, man. If Pablo Escobar got caught in an era where Wi-Fi and cameras didn't exist, then brother Ivan's getting caught, man. Mm. <laughs> it will, real, it will catch up with you. It, it's yeah, going it to catch, catch up, up with man. You. Yeah, exactly, man. But I will say this, like, I feel people are a bit lost sometimes. Like, well, what can I do? I'm just a dad in my community. What can I do? All you can do is have the conversations. If you've got a young you in your circumference, just sit him down and be mm. like, yo, what's the fork in your road right now? Mm. What What do you want to do? And what is what is what is pulling your attention? I saw a video you know, like having that, that chat. It was some guy, some kid in America. He was about, I don't know, 15 to 18. He's run up in the house with a gun, not knowing that the homeowner also had a gun. So now they've now both got their guns to each other and he's gone, I'm going to put my gun down. Let's just talk. He's bring him into his yard, bro. And he started reasoning. I just thought mad. That's yeah. Like the power of a conversation. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Youth's breaking right. it down to him. Like, yeah, I'm going through this, that. I need money, mumsy. You got what I'm saying? And yeah. he's just going, nah, bro, like this ain't no way. Do you know what I mean? Ain't no way. Because he could have died right yeah. there. There you go. For everyone that's even watching this and listening, if you do know that friend that does carry a knife potentially or in and amongst the community where you can speak to people like, and you're thinking in your head, that's not my business. I ain't going to talk about it. Because I can't lie. I've had that standpoint as well. It's kind of yeah, like, yeah, I don't understand same, this bro. life. So I'm now not going to sit down with you and act like I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Just a conversation will help, yeah, man. The conversation it's not necessarily you sure. telling them, put down that knife. Don't do that. It's more just understanding why the, the reason they have it and maybe if there's a reason why you feel like you can have answers towards like may, just talk to them and even if you don't know how to have the conversation use this podcast as the conversation for them just send the link you know what mm, i mean or yeah, just man. send a clip of of us talking about a certain moment within it that maybe can relate to someone that you know you know what i mean also listen there are amazing youth and knife crime anti-knife crime organizations that are out there right and they just need someone to listen to them. You know what I'm saying? The more we can big up those uh, organizations like the Ben Kinsella Foundation, um, uh, the Steel Warriors who take knives and turn them into like gyms and whatever. Amazing. There's Amazing. these great that's organizations, that's yeah. That. yeah. And that's mad. Yeah, on the, you know, like in the parks and stuff like that, they'll make yeah, them out of knives. Make them out of knives and that. Yeah, that's great. So, cool. like, Don't Stop Your Future, like, I, I sell hoodies, t shirts, da 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 da. Every penny that I get for these things, I give to an organization. So, Amazing, you know what I mean? If you want to support and you're not sure, buy a hoodie, wear the acronym, because none of that money comes to me. I just basically pick an organization so and give this, them a check. I did a collaboration with the NFL, big up to the NFL, because they were like, yo, we see this in America and we see this. So they did an exclusive collaboration with me. And those shirts went, they went in America as well. And they was like, no, nah, we want to we support anything against youth crime. So 
All the links will be in the description for everything you've just mentioned as well. Like, mm. um, that's the next steps, I feel like. But separately, obviously, I know we've been taking very serious, but how, how's your life been, man? How's everything? I'm all right, man. How's you your know, mental health? How's everything, man? Mental health. Uh, last year was a tough year for me. Um, I lost a couple of people in my family that, Sorry, you know, man, I, I didn't expect Sorry to. to and, that, and that was tough, you know what I mean? But I'm okay, man. One thing I, one bad about me is that, like, you see me, right? You see my life. I, I go at it. I'm here to live. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to just like think, oh, I wish I could have done this. I don't. I'm just getting doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? I just try and doing it. Every day, I'm thankful that I've got my health because health is, without health, you've got nothing. Um, I'm thankful for my family, my wife, my kids, you know, my friend group, friendship group. I just make sure that I try and live a positive life. That's really mm. what I'm about. Um, Thank you for thank doing what you, you're man. doing. Oh, man. Seriously, bro. Like, I, I think it's absolutely amazing that you care so much. I think, I, genuinely, I think that is special. Yeah, you know? no, definitely, bro. I appreciate like, we, the thanks, man. Yeah, man. No, I, I don't want the thanks. No, no. I, I love that you care so much, man. Like, I, And maybe you don't know it, but through what you're doing, I know there's so many people you've helped and I just hope you continue to care so much mm -hmm. so you can carry on helping young people. Um, I hope that we continue to care as much oh, as we yeah, care during this offer, conversation. Offer, offer our, um, our services. services if you ever need, man, something? for anything, I'm right. there within a no, blink of an eye. Genuinely, man. I think, I think it's phenomenal, man. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to talk about that for sure. Bro, yeah. we'll, 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 Let's just we'll, go we'll hit have, two schools we'll just to start. That'd be what? pulling up to a school. We're saving lives, bro. I'm on it. I'm on it, bro. Do you get what I'm saying? That'd be amazing, bro. We've got to make that happen. Whenever, man. Yeah, truly from schools. the bottom of my heart, bro. Thank you, man. There needs to be more people like you within your position and your position of power that come from the ends. We say community, but it's the ends um, that need to speak up uh, more on this. And big up people that have, the only one I know off the top of my head is Ian Wright, uh, Faz as well. Mm, big up yes. everyone that, ha that, that does stuff to help the younger generation. Truly, man, this podcast for me was, was special. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah, thank you. Very and, positive, and and very I wanna, insightful. I thank you too, right? Because... You know what I mean? Like you're a big influence on young people. You're obviously the numbers speak for yourselves and you've and you've turned your your personalities into businesses. And there are people out there right now that be like, I want to be like Chunks and Philly. And that is wicked. So yeah. thank you for that, man. Yeah. Well done, That's right. why we need to do the school so we can chat and I go, yo, you can good, do man. the Chunks and Philly. Guys, man. make sure you subscribe, please. And uh, tune in next week for a new episode. But this was probably my favorite one to date. So please, yeah. guys, just... Um, Make sure you listen. Yeah. And yeah. audio listeners, if you uh, just listened and didn't watch, make sure you watch it. Kai Idris, look, handsome the ras. I dare him look so good at his age. But yeah, like, no, bless him. Let's take care. Bye -bye. Later. Love.